Alright folks, welcome back to the latest Mountain West Wire football podcast. MWWire.com is where you, know, you find our previews and other, like I say, nonsense, Josh, but we do half the time over there just screwing around, having fun. And hopefully people Yeah, I think a lot, of, a lot of it is just <laughs> everyone trying to find something they can talk about. Hey, that works out well, man. We have a short week last week, a few teams, full slate this week. I guess they, everybody had a... Was there like a group outing they wanted to only have half the league going on? Was there something people missed out on? <laughs> I have no idea. I have not seen that like a long time where there's only so few games. But this week, full slate. Um, Fresno and Utah State, we'll just dive into it. We got a full game. We don't need to screw around. We're getting to it tonight. Or today. Or whenever you're listening. Fresno and Utah State. Uh, CBS Sports Network. Six local in Logan, Utah. Uh, you, you see Utah State play, Josh. You saw them last, when they played... Sorry to bring up bad memories, but the uh, <laughs> 44-24 drubbing the Rams took. I don't I don't know if that was Utah State or if that was CSU. Because CSU's pass defense is absolutely horrible. Their offense couldn't get it together. So it's just a, like I, Utah State's facing a higher step up in, in competition. And I, I don't think they're going to have the same success. I think because – once again, Utah State stumbles out of the block, and I think Fresno State, outside of you know Wyoming and Arizona State, have been able to keep it up somewhat. So, yeah, that's the weird thing with Utah State. It's like you can't start giving yourself a hole against good teams. James Madison, good team, couldn't cover Brad to win. UConn had to come back from win. TSU they ended up blowing them out, but they would come back, come from behind to win, and. Mm-hmm. During, against again Fresno State, them getting beat last against Wyoming, it happens. The second half was good, but I don't see even with uh, well, I guess we'll start with Kim Lockridge being out for Fresno State. They're a star defensive back. Utah State can throw the ball pretty good. It looks like it's going to be Cooper Legai again. I think I'm not entirely sure if McKay Hill said it's going to be available to play, but Legai's good enough. Like he put up a couple, what three touchdowns, four touchdowns last week. Yeah, that I, I think a lot of that if a lot of those plays were CSU blitzing and on like third and long and then Utah State just calling the perfect play, just running that quick wide receiver screen, yeah. having the blockers out there. So I don't know if they're going to be able to do that against Fresno State because Fresno State's a you know it's better prepared team. But I'm just going to admit it; they're better than CSU. Um, yeah. I don't think they're going to fall for that as much as like, I think CSU is trying to do too much. And I don't think Fresno State is going to be that team. They're going to be prepared, even if they're down a couple of players, because um, yeah. someone else tweeted that there were two other players that were out today. I think uh, Logan Fife, I believe, is starting. I think he is. Yeah. But then Lavelle Bailey was in street clothes at practice today, too. So yeah, another defender. No, I mean, Utah State could definitely make this interesting, but I don't think they'll take it. It, it would definitely be, I'll, I will put it this way. I can see them winning, but it would absolutely be a surprise if they do. Well, the lines dropped. I sent out for everybody to fill out the picks, and I think when I sent it was six. Now it's minus four and a half, or I guess plus four and a half. Fresno's favored by four and a half, which I guess with Bailey being out, Lockridge is already known to be out. But also, like we watched Fresno State, I always go back to Arizona State game, man. They're plus eight, and they only win what twenty-seven zero, something like that. Forty-nine yeah. zero. They're settling for field goals. Offense kind of sputters here and there despite what we've seen, what they potentially could do. I do think, well, think about what, what can be done in this game. I, for either team, the quarterback situations, 
I don't think they're necessarily – they're sort of interchangeable, but not really. I think whoever starts a quarterback is going to be fine for the other team. And so that's something we don't know. I don't think there's a big drop-off really because, like I said, we've seen Cooper Legault play well. Like he did advantage of what the Rams were doing last week. And he's had success last year when he's played. Same with uh, Keene. And then we – I mean, sorry, um, McHillstead, sorry. We look at the other side, Keene and Fife. Like Fife hasn't been as quite as good, so maybe there's a little bit drop-off. So if he does get to start, that's something to, to be concerned about. But Utah State, like, when you look at their defense, it's not ideal. They don't – outside of guys like MJ Tafisa and like Ike Larson, their defense is fine. Like they're not even that great, I don't think. They just have guys – a couple guys who can make big plays. And maybe that's all you need against Fresno State. If they could – because they had, what, five turnovers last week, I believe, versus, the, versus your Rams? Three picks yeah, and two that- fumbles? Yeah, they were they were very good at taking advantage of plays, and I don't know if they're going to be able to do the same thing against Fresno State because Fresno State tends to take care of the ball a little bit more. You know, they have that senior quarterback who who tries not to force things. Um, he's he's not the gunslinger. I mean, he he can absolutely sling the ball, but he's not one to take you know numerous chances, you know, chance after chance after chance. And hope that something happens. Where and we we saw the downside of that last week with Utah against Utah State for CSU, but I don't think whoever starts for Fresno State is going to have that same same mentality. Yeah, I would think yeah, they're a little bit better doing that. But when you look, a couple of things I want to see in this game. If you for Utah State side, if they could not just kick themselves in the shin in the first half of games, like they. They have a fighting chance this matchup. I'm not predicting it. I think Fresno's going to win. But let's just say Utah State goes out there and it's they score 7 to 14 points. They're only behind. They're within a touchdown at halftime. I could give them a chance to win. But because but if they're down 17-0 with the way Fresno State plays, I don't think it's a possibility. And when yeah, we, I, it's tough. I would, I would definitely like to see Utah State put points on the board in the first quarter. You know, if that happens, I absolutely would give them a chance to, to win. I think Fresno's a better coach than Blake Anderson. Mm-hmm. It's also just double Blake Anderson is head coach, QB coach, and OC. Not, not like we said that enough <laughs> this year in write-ups we've done. But one way Utah State can win is their, their trio of running backs, if they're all successful and doing above-average stuff, or at least average stuff, that's a that's a spot where they can shine, even just, even though they have a solid quarterback, because we have Devon Devon Booth, Rushel Fazion, and Robert Briggs Jr. All those guys are averaging well over five yards a carry. They have they've all scored a handful of touchdowns. Booth the most at four. If they get that trio going like they did for CSU, and keep those guys fresh and late in the game, if it's close, they can kind of lean on those guys. That's a possibility where if it's a close game or even have a slim lead. That's the way to control the ball and not have to worry about relying on whoever's at quarterback. Because they do have Terrell Vaughn and, J- and also Jalen Royals. Royals has stepped up pretty big with his uh, – I didn't realize this. He has seven touchdowns, both those guys. Whew, it's pretty good. But those two guys are the by far the leading receivers on this team. So if those two guys can find some success. But I think the running game is key because I just don't know why Utah State just starts off so poorly. And outside of Idaho State, they've been like just kind of slugging along. And this is – the, it, even Iowa, who's pretty good, they're good, but not great. Even though they could freaking win the Big Ten West somehow by being just an okay team overall, even that game was they were down fourteen zero and came back and nearly won. And and that that's the biggest thing: like come from behind, 
they're not going to win it. They're close or tied. There's a chance, but I don't know. How do you think? I, what do you think the chances are of that happening? Upset. An upset, I'd probably give it seventy thirty. Okay, that's close enough. And, and then I will say, in order for that to happen, Utah State's going to have to do it through the air. Fresno State's too good on the ground, um, defensively. And it's also going to depend on if Lavelle Bailey's there because um, Wyoming was averaging probably 180 yards because I'm just looking at their average now, and it's after the Fresno State game, probably a little over 180 yards. And Fresno State held them to 130. They're averaging – they're only giving up 100 yards a game on the ground. So if, if Utah State's going to have – is going to shoot for the upset, they're going to have to do it through the air. Yeah, it's only three yards a carry. Um, but I do think they're going to have – you have to run the ball at some level, but you're right. Like, if the most likely chance, if we think, like, well, who's going to take away what, I would say, like, Utah State has to try to run and move the ball that way. But, oh, man. Uh, ooh, let's see. I'm, let's see what FBI says here. I'm curious what the percentage is because I've not looked at that once for the – of that particular stat. It's 62% chance to win on the road. That sounds about right. I've been going to Fresno State, like I already mentioned. I think it'll be kind of close. I think they're going to go like 27-20. I think that'll be the final score. Like they'll cover and win by about a touchdown. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. All right. Next game, we go to Saturday. All these games are all in succession, so be ready to hang out all day. UNLV at Nevada. The the best trophy in college football is online to, online to Fremont Canyon. Two local time. It's on Mount West Sports Network. Or Mount West Network, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Josh, uh, I think it's also on that, what, Silver and Sports Network they have in Nevada now as well? Yeah, no, no, yeah it's something like Nevada, Silver Sports. I thought it was, what is uh, the site Chris Murray runs? That's Nevada Sports that. Net. That's different. It was not. I thought I thought it was that. Oh, maybe it is because it's at in Reno. So oh, maybe we should look up the game notes and see. Because I knew there's a new network in Nevada. Maybe that's for that's for UNLV games. So yes, yeah, so it would make sense to be on Nevada Sportsnet as well. Because I like how a lot of these games are uh, that are streamed on the Mount Stark are being shown locally. Like Utah State has a handful. Yeah, it looks like you can watch on Nevada Sports. And I got the two mixed up. Apologies for that. But yeah, you can uh, start watching at 1:30 local time there. And it looks like you can watch it on their website here. I believe if this is correct. So. You can watch on their website. Oh, no, no, you're right. It'll be Silver State, Silver State Sports and Entertainment Network. Oh, maybe it's on both. Because I think, I'm on, yeah, I think it might be on both. Because I'm on Nevada Sports Network here. It looks like it's online on their website here. So, regardless, it's not hard to watch. You should be able to find it. It may take half a second, but it's going to the Mountainless Network or our website. We'll have the watch details because we'll be more prepared for our written content than this because with all these new pop ups of how to watch, it's a little tricky, a little different. But the Rebels are a nine and a half point favorite. Nevada, like, only nine and a half. <laughs> yeah, would you you take it that easy? Yes. Nevada's horrible. They are like Ken Wilson. I'm like they, they're like. But, but, whoa, one of the things that surprised me because I, I so I took a, I for some reason I you said FBI and I confused it with FEI. Yeah, a little different. Um, yeah. Um. So. FEI has UNLV as 60%. I think that's how I read that. That's Projected it? Projected win likelihood at 60%. That's low. Okay. The San Diego State-Hawaii game, which we'll get to, has San Diego State as a 75% favorite. That seems off. So it's like, yeah. That's why it's like, it, it's kind of similar to CSU a little bit, where it's like, all right, the advanced stats are saying one thing, but the, you know, the books are saying something else. 
That is um, just to start. Let's start with the big thing we mentioned before. Doug Rumfield, quarterback, making progress. This is for Barry Odom. So the coach is like, well, maybe they'll play, maybe they won't. He hasn't played since uh, Vanderbilt. Um, but they, we've been seeing Jaden Maeve come out there and be lined up. But they're listed as the co-starters or the or. But of course, Odom declined to name starting quarterback. Who do who do like who do you think they should go with? So you go with uh, Maeve because he's been playing well, or Brumfield, the guy who's been around for a couple of years. And Butts played sporadically due to injuries. I mean, I, I wouldn't change what's working. I mean, I know it happened because of injury, and that's – honestly, that's happened in a lot of cases where, mm-hmm. you know, hey, this quarterback might be good, but this guy has the hot hand even if he isn't actually passing that much because, you know, you know he has decided to become a run-first team in a air-rate-style go-go offense. Yeah. Um, but as a, he's being effective. He's – I think he's only completing, he's, what is this? It's just, it's 57%, which, you know, is not great. But again, he's a freshman. And so I think, you know, Barry Odom is tailoring his offense to what he has available and is, is, and what Jaden has shown is, you know, he's able to command the offense. He's able to run it effectively, you know, even if he's not, you know, the best quarterback through the air, he's able to, you know, get these guys up, get them going. And, and just play the game as it comes to him. Yeah. With what they're doing, and also I would expect, because Nevada is just so terrible, both will play. If Brumfield's healthy, I would expect for him to get in there and play a little bit in that second half on some level, if, that, if that's the way they decide to go who's starting. But if you're winning, it's like, what, what are you doing there? Why would you go away from how you're winning? Because in the offense, I saw some, I think, it, I don't know if I tweeted out, but there's something from with Brendan Marion's offense when he was at William & Mary, something like the type of place he does, they're not throwing extremely downfield. And so yeah. you don't don't need that big arm. It's more of motion, kind of. It's like the Hawaii offense a couple years ago. Like, you use these, these slot backs slash running backs who can be receiver, running backs as well. And th- so it's like he needs a big arm who can do it, but they still need, clearly, a guy who could guide this offense and run it well, obviously, Eric run obviously run the ball, whatever I want to nomenclature to use, like move the ball down the field. But they do have, like even with that, like running obviously it's a Jet Thomas who's doing quite well. You have like Vincent Davis doing reasonably well. These guys are five plus yards. You're actually five yards a carry, Josh. Like that's an offense that when they had Charles Williams, they were, I don't think they're running that successful. And they have multiple guys doing it. They spread it out to like Courtney Reese, uh, Lester's back there. And they even receiving like Ricky White's finally showing up a little bit. And that's, could be a little bit due to quarterback change, opponents. So, but he, yeah, 23 catches isn't amazing, but he's been improving quite a bit. Like I know he had 12 versus Vanderbilt, but he's been pretty good, kind of consistent throughout. He's getting catches here and there. Maybe I may put that backwards there, my mistake. But he's their main receiver, and do you want Brumfield to give him 10 receptions, or do you care if he gets five? Like what, what, what does it matter if you're winning? Like, do, is there a preference? He's still getting like 10 yards of play catch just about. I mean, if if he's getting ten yards a catch, I'd I'd just keep the offense as it is. Yeah, we, we know he's he's a great receiver. He could take the top off of defenses, but I mean, you're you're basically at this point, UNLV's become a run first team, mm-hmm. and they're using the pass to keep teams honest. And so I don't think that needs to change. No, it's like it, it could be almost like an Air Force type deal. It's like okay, we run run. Oh, we'll get you deep on this one play. We'll get twenty yarder because he averaged about thirteen a game. But running the ball. Sorry, I'm on rush defense. But you're right. With It's not just one player, dude. When you have multiple guys running, 
And same thing, like the Utah State example applies here, where if they can lean on one guy, then late in the game, okay, you get a carry here, you get a couple of carries here, and then he's fresh until they definitely want Jet Thomas at the end to run it because they're right. They're literally neck and neck with Air Force in running, like per play, not per game, but like per play. 5.1 to 5.4. They almost have as many touchdowns as Air Force running the ball. They are they're 200 yards a game. That's wild. 214 per game. They're probably, if you think about it, per carry and per drive, they're more efficient scoring touchdowns than Air Force has. Air Force has 98 more carries, but only four more touchdowns. It's a team where, you're right, just run and run. And Nevada is not, can we just say they're not good in lots of, lots of football? Everywhere in the field. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to. I, I hate to make this comparison because Ken Wilson is not Steve Adazio, yeah. um, but it's almost Adazio levels of bad. Because I was, I you know, I was, I was in a Reddit thread a couple of weeks ago about it, and everyone's like, "Yeah, Ken Wilson's a great guy, just might not be the best coach as a head coach," you know. And I think CSU found that out with Bobo. I was like. Hey, yeah, you might be a good, you know, coordinator. You might be a good position coach, but that doesn't make you a good head coach. Is Mike Bobo even a good coordinator where he's at right now? That's questionable. That's Georgia. I know. That's TBD in my opinion. They're not doing anything special. They did play good last, last week, but that's about it all year. Playing a bunch of nobodies. I mean, is that play calling or is that just talent? Because, I mean, they did lose a bunch of talent. And, you got, and everyone says, like, well, they're recruiting five stars. Well, yeah, talent talent matters to an extent. Like, these guys can make the plays. They just have to understand how to make the plays. And that was an issue at CSU a little bit is Bobo kind of runs a complex offense. Mm -hmm. Once it gets down, it gets going. Like, these guys just have to get it down. So, you know, it's just a a matter of it seems like at Nevada, you know, I don't know if – I can't really say what's going on one way or another. It just seems like something's not clicking. But I can't tell you what specifically. I'm sure Nevada Nevada fans, you know, Brandon probably could, or you know, if someone wants to tweet at me or tweet at the, <laughs> yes. the Mountain West account to help us out. Like, I, I, what do you guys see? Like, we we don't know what's going on. Like, it just seems like they're bad. Nothing's happening. They the quarterback that oh Brandon Lowe's coming in. Okay, maybe they have a couple receivers that are doing okay. But I do thought also okay, Ken Wilson, defensive coach. Their defense is not good either, and I get it. They lost. We're sitting here mid-season just about, so you can't say, oh, they lost Don Peterson, these other guys to transfers or injuries or whatever. It's, you are what you are right now, man. They're one of the worst teams in college football, and I don't yeah. know where and the cannon's going to be red. They're gonna, I would say this. This game does get weird at times just because even when one team, even when Nevada's much better, like Carson Strong and Romeo Dubs and stuff like that and Cole Turner, those games were still re- very close despite UNLV being the lesser team at that time. So there is some history of this game just being weird and just going off the rails. Like remember, there's a fight a couple years ago at the end of the game yeah. on that two point or goal line play, whichever one it was. Yeah. But Nevada's zero and five. They got their butt handed to them by Idaho. They somehow hung around with Kansas. They lose to Texas State, who's okay. I don't know. They beat Baylor, but Baylor looks as crappy. So I don't honestly. I don't know what they do well. They, I guess they could. They don't get. I don't know. Brendan Lewis has zero touchdown passes this year. He leads the team in rushing. He, like, I don't know what to tell you. Jamal Bell is a decent receiver, but but he has 26 catches. That's 
fine. Only 247 yards, and one of those was a 77-yarder. <laughs> I mean, I let's let's put it into perspective a little bit. Everyone likes to dump on Nevada, or excuse me, not Nevada, because we're talking about them. Um, Iowa, with how bad their offense is. Do you want to know how many points Iowa has scored this year? Total, total. Offensive points or total points? Total points. Uh, no, I do not know. 131. Okay. Nevada scored 77. Oh. Oh. Are they, they are, are they going to get 200 points for the season? Uh, this is what, what the, I have <laughs> no idea. It was like, dude, so does... I mean, this game has because this will be game six. It'll be halfway through the season. They do have some, you know, better games coming up for, I guess, better offensive performance. They got, you know, New Mexico, Hawaii, Utah State, CSU. I'll throw CSU in there because the Rams defense sucks. Yeah, there's some chances um, there. Yeah. So they are 131st in country in scoring at 15.4 points per game. The only team worse is Sam Houston. He scores 10.8. Well, you got Kent State, too, at 13. Why did I? Oh, I sorted by total points. That's why. They've played one more game. they played one more game. They just played one more game and scored three more points. The worthy about St. Mason State, their defense is actually pretty good. Their offense is just garbage. You're from Utah. You probably watched that BYU game. That Air Force game. Yeah, in the Air Force game. And their defense, like, it took forever for Air Force to move the ball. Yeah, their defense is really – I'm surprised because Sam Houston State typically SES, like they had Bob DeBeau who was at New Mexico when they were good for a couple years. Like their offense is typically really explosive and unique, but defense is – I think their defense is solid from what I saw in two of the games. But, yeah, they're not good over offensively overall. So, I well, I don't know. I, I will add they, they are currently losing to New Mexico State 27 to nothing. Okay, now that takes that out of it a little bit. It's, it's also a point. They're transitioning up. It's not, not everybody being Sam Ma- or James Madison, excuse me, yeah. come in. But they'll get there, I think. But, yeah, I forgot they're playing Thursday. I think I I think I had a, a put some on New Mexico State. Was it three and a half, I think? Honestly, it's pretty low, a low-line game, I think, for some reason. <laughs> but you, I'm just, I'm just kidding. UNLV is going to win. It's nine and a half. I think they're going to win. Like, oof, I keep saying like a lot. I think Nevada's want to push it. To the neck, they're gonna win forty to ten. I I can I can see that. So so this is this is funny. But the over under is so, high at fifty three, though, in my opinion, too, for these two teams. I don't think it's that high, especially. <laughs> I, can, I can see Nevada's gonna score some points. UNLV, I can see UNLV just breaking off long run after long run. All right, what were you getting at? Oh, um, so I saw an article on. The college football subreddit. There are um, four teams that are undefeated against the spread in college football this year. Four teams undefeated against the spread. I uh, cheat. does get a guess, but I see it right here when I went to Reddit. It's at the very top. Yeah. You and a What? It's gonna be seven to zero. Guess what? Oregon. Well, I guess they're not favored, but so they could win against the spread. But dang, I mean, yeah, because they they barely covered over Michigan. That's right. So I mean, this line is going crazy. It started. It opened at nine and a half. Went up to not. Went up to ten. 
has gone back down to nine. I guess Vegas likes the Wolfpack more than we do. I, I just don't see how this could be close. If they're saying, when you look at the line type stuff, everybody, okay, that, that's why I say 53 and a half, I think it's kind of a lot. Because we just went over UNLV, or excuse me, Nevada scoring, what, 13 points a game? Is that what that number was? Pretty low. It's, it's, no, 15. I think it's like 15. Sorry, 15. Now it's Kent State. 15.4 points per game. UNLV is putting up, oh, I should have had it here in front of me. Let me command F here real quick. They're scoring 36 points a game. So they're projecting, just if you put just the average typical points per game, that's like 51-52. So maybe that's what they're going off of? I just don't see, I just don't, I think 53 and a half. I take the under in this one. Because you. Because here's the thing, yes, UNLV has put up, they're scoring like crazy, 44, 45, 40. The seven is anomaly because they played Michigan, who might be one of the best top, obviously top team in the country, and Bryant. You take that away, maybe that's what they're getting at, but they think they'll win 40. Like, if they if they win 40, can Nevada put up 15? Can they put up their minimum? They can score 20? Well, I mean, UNLV gives up 26 points a game. Yeah. It is, it is you know, fourth in the Mountain West. It's not um, ideal. But with, it's not it, bad. It, we, we've said it multiple times in just this segment, you know, it is a rivalry game. Things can happen. But, you know, we can also see it the other way. It was like, that's what I'm thinking. The, let's just throw this out there. What are the odds of a shutout? Yeah. Ten, easy 10%. Yeah. Minimal. That's, I mean, that's a decent amount. I'd, I'd probably put it, you know, closer to 20. 20. Because Barry Odom's a defensive coach, defensive guy. Yeah. So. At this point, let's. I know we spent a lot of time. These two games are going to hustle here. It's fine, though. So, as of right now, we're at the midway point just about, and Matt put out like the pre-season or mid-season grades, expectations, stuff like that. Go read that if you haven't. It's a really good read. It's on our Twitter as well where I, we broke down every single link, uh, page link on there. But yeah. is anybody beyond Barry Odom coach of the year at this point? No. Not even – not Troy Calhoun? Just, he, they should just give him the award yeah. now. Not even 500 Troy Calhoun? Let me – I I, sh- I should hold up. If <laughs> – Barry Odom gets UNLV to bowl eligible. They can just hand him the award. I will. I will go to Mountain West office, pick up the You're award, close. drive Nearby? to Vegas, and hand it to him. So let me let me let me rephrase this one more time. Then I just want to put another maybe tighten the screws a little. Who knows? Seven and four. And let's just say it's just bowl eligible. As you say, six and six Rebel team. Yeah. Compared to twelve and zero Air Force Troy Calhoun. No. Still, I'd still give it to you. I'd still give it to Barry Odom. Okay, that's. Like, I mean, here's the thing: is like <laughs> someone, someone compared it. So, or like, I don't remember what Air Force's strength of schedule is, but they. It's not they great. Always, it's not great because they always schedule cupcakes because they play Army and Navy. What I I I think that's it's like one thirty one or one thirty two at this point. Yeah, that's pretty low. It's. Yeah, I can see your point too. They're also crushing people as well outside of like Sam Houston State. They're doing a pretty good job, but I wonder how the I just I still wonder how the Sam Houston State came to be because they're very so new in FBS. It's kind of weird. But all right, CSU has a home and home schedule with them. They do now. That's the same with BYU. BYU is supposed to play them. I don't know how end up finalizing home and home. I don't think it's a home for a home or home because I think it's just supposed to be FCS only. That something changed. But they are doing probably a similar thing for a tough schedule for the Big 12. But 
It's a it's just interesting thing. So what's your are you predicting a shutout? Are you going to go that far and say they're going to win? Like so, if you say yeah, what's your score prediction? Is we'll make, keep it easy. I'll go. I'll go thirty-eight to three. So they're not. Be. So they're not covering as I expected. I would think. Yeah, I, I don't. Nevada's not going to cover. Yeah. No, I mean not cover. I mean over under. I mean I should say sorry. Oh, over under. Yeah, it'll be under. I think it'll be under. I'm go, I'm still going for how UNLV runs the ball. Yeah. That too. New clock rules. I go forty to ten Rebels. Next game, an hour later in Albuquerque, it is. Um, I don't think it's the Bloom Festival yet. I've actually been to Albuquerque during the Bloom Festival. It is wild and crazy. It's so cool. This game's on the Mountain West Network streaming. San Jose State. Oh, man, I don't trust this. They're favored by eight on the road. San Jose State's the most disappointing team by far. I predicted them to, hey, they could maybe win the conference championship. They are bad. They're 1-5, 0-2 I mean, oh, in league play. They're not playing well. Hold on, let me, I'm looking at play-by-play from last week. Give me one second. They were up 17 to nothing on Boise State. They pulled a CSU. They did, yeah. I don't like Boise State was not playing good. They were running. They're not know, good either. <laughs> they're. I mean, Boise State was running two quarterbacks. I know that's not good. I mean, you. I don't. I also don't. I'll get to that when we get to Boise. Okay. But I don't. Um. I just. You know, Cordero. I don't. I think we've said Kyrie Robinson. And he is their bell. Their bell cow ball carrier, but he's not that good of a running back. I've so said it for years. Almost, I know I said it for I, years. It's almost on Chev's shoulders to, you know, carry the load. And, you know, after two and a half years or actually his whole Mountain West career, because he had to do it at Hawaii too. Yeah. I think it's, 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 it's just hard. finally running out on him. It's because it, I said it's Kyrie Robertson's kind of like George Lani comparison a little bit where Kyrie Robertson's a little more healthy, but he's just inconsistent. He did have like, yeah. just real quick last week, he had over hundred total yards, but one was a 63 or catch. They don't have a solid running game. Nick Nash, former quarterback, is their main guy catching the pass, catching the ball, which is great. Because I saw in what, years ago when Ryan Tannehill was moved from quarterback to wide receiver for Texas A&M, trying to do things. So we've seen it work, and he's doing okay. But like, I thought Quali Conley would be better running back to help out the guy transfer from Utah Tech. They just are not. They're just not good. And them being favored by eight points over to Mexico, even. On the road, like, we're not saying the Mexico is great. Like Dylan Hopkins is doing okay. They have a few things going in their direction. Kind of, there's they're at least scoring points. New Mexico is yeah. so like they scored. They beat UMass thirty something point thirty four points. Put up twenty six versus Wyoming, which is impressive against the Cowboys defense. So there is positive momentum in their direction for moving the ball with Hopkins, and then also like uh, Jacory Krosky Merritt, who's Seven freaking touchdowns. Like they have a solid running game. Multiple running. It's actually really good in the running game. Oh, totally. Yeah. A lot of players with like seven plus touchdowns. Yeah, let's, Jet, see, let's see what we got. Jet Thomas, he's doing well. You got Jacory Crosky Merritt. You have um um not space everybody. Um wait Harrison Wayley Wild. I mean, of all these guys, you have nobody in Hawaii that I can I can mark off Hawaii and Nevada as not having good rushers. Kyrie Robinson, not very good. I can name some bad ones. They got plenty of Deep runners in this conference, yeah. Ashton Genty clearly as well for Boise State, but but New Mexico has cha- moved the ball. So I, I mean, maybe I'll say I haven't posted our picks yet, but I could see New Mexico winning this at home. I don't, th- I don't think it's outrageous to say oh they're going to come in 
and just lose and not and lose this game. Yes, they could complete the pass better. Dylan Hopkins isn't great completing the passes. He's been sacked about once a game, not crazy. He doesn't really turn the ball over three picks on the year. Um, the problem is, I think, offense is okay. Defense is not good. It's not great. They only have six sacks on the year. They don't have, like, Tavion Combs, your safety. Again, having your safety lead your team in cut tackles, not good. So that's a problem, too. They have no interceptions on the year, which is a problem. They have a handful of pass deflect, pass defended, like 19 pass breakups, or however you want to define PBUs to PDs. They do that reasonably well. I think this game could see a lot of points. But I I might do it. I might take the upset, man. I think the Mexican could do it because Kyrie Roberts, I don't trust him. I, I cannot trust him ever. Again, they have the San Jose State has a better quarterback, the better receiving group. Defense. Mm, I don't know, man. I, I, I give that equally. But equally bad? <laughs> it, it depends because look, just looking at the quick quick game cast glance on ESPN, mm-hmm. you know, they're both giving up 400 yards a game. Uh, San Jose State is worse against Rush. They're giving up 223 yards. They at least have three uh, interceptions. At least do that. New Mexico's worse against the pass. They're giving up 234 yards a game. Um, I, I, it, it, cause it's kind of split both ways because, you know, uh, San Jose state's good through the air and New Mexico's better on the ground. They're averaging 180 yards a game. So I, I could see this, you know, um, Danny Gonzalez just trying to play a, a, a ball control game. Just, you know, just run the ball down their throats. That makes the most sense. Cause I think Shavon Cordero, if you're like in daily fantasy for college or whatever, or if you find some prop bet. I don't have time to look at the moment. I, I think whatever the yardage, yardage is given for Shavon Cordero, I'd probably take the over on that. Because he, throw, he throws a ton. He's pretty good throwing the ball, obviously. And New Mexico, I don't think their secondary is going to be especially effective against this game or against this team. They have the three I, picks, I I, but that's about it. I couldn't tell you what the prop bet is because Colorado doesn't allow um, prop bets on college games. What? Okay, that's fine. But I would just say, like, I, that's how I think it's going to play out. Like, if it's going, if San Jose, but you're totally right. The running game is how San Jose, or New Mexico is going to win the game, run the ball, give it to their backs there, and Dylan Hopkins, maybe, he probably needs to complete 60%, but I think it's going to be running for New Mexico and a whole lot of passing for San Jose State. And Cordero is known, part of it is sheer numbers. Just because how much he throws, he's going to get intercepted. So there, that's likely in the cards, I would think. He has a, he's done a pretty good job on controlling the ball. I think what do they have here? Uh, yeah, three picks, but only six touchdowns. So that's the thing. But I, I'm going to go. I'm going to do it. I'm going to say New Mexico's New Mexico's going to win outright in this game. I think San Jose State's just not good. They're they're going to throw their way to win. Cordero's going to throw their way to win, and that's a I could see him throwing for 400 yards. But he'll need at two plus touchdowns if they're going to win. Uh, I'm, I'd say three. Three. I was thinking there is leaning toward three, but I say at least two. But you're probably right. So, do you think there's a lot of points? Because it's fifty-eight and a half as well in this matchup. No, not if, if if it's over fifty. If it's if the over hits, San Jose State wins. That's a good. That's a big good call. So if I'm going to Mexico, I'm going to go twenty-four twenty to Mexico. I think that's a real possibility. 
I'm doing I it. It's a race. I think it's a race to 20. I think 20 oh. to 17. Ooh, low scoring game. All right, next game. CBS Sports Network, the game of the week. 5 p.m. local time in, Col- in um, down the street in uh, Colorado Springs for you. Hosting Wyoming. How in the world is Air Force a 10-point favorite in this game? They don't know the history of Craig Bullock's Air Force. <laughs> well, not just that, but... Well, so that, that's always the crazy thing with Air Force games. Or any service academy games, really, is like... The, the total's always really low, but then the spread's as yeah. big as it is. Because the over is 41 and a half. <laughs> so what's that? 25-15? Like, no. No. It's 26-14. <laughs> Whatever. Something like that. Yeah, somewhere there. It's right. I started to think I'd choose the even numbers, basically. Like 41, 42, depends where you're looking. But... So this is the first big... Test Air Force because we mentioned they played Sam Eason State. They played their FCS team who was uh, Robert Morris. They played Utah State at Kansas State. San Diego State's also on a good football team. They are lighting up the scoreboard. Their rushing attack is one of the best in the country, as always. They found their running backs. Like we thought when they lose all these guys, like, oh, what do they do? No, who are they have the past couple years? Jacoby Owens, Brad Roberts, all these guys. But, like, John Lee Eldridge, he's not even playing as good as we thought he would. He's not even their main running back, yeah. which is quite surprising. Or maybe it's not because maybe it's like, oh, we're going to do the same workload last year because he only has 31 carries, but he's tearing it up. You have Emmanuel um, Mike, Michael there, Zach Lear, because typically, Josh, you see it when Air Force gets a new quarterback, a new running back, it takes him a minute to adjust to being good again. And that's not the case well, this year. It- hasn't Larry or didn't Larry come in a couple times because of injury? So it's it's not like he's just, you know, the next quarterback up off off the, the depth chart. You know, he's had time in this offense. He's he's had time in game situations. He is a senior, so. yeah. Yeah. That's a fair point. It's just still like a new full time guy like with Tim Jefferson, those type of guys, or Donald Hammond the third go out. It's like, okay, it takes him a second. But they're like they are clearly this is one of their best running attacks in a long time. We know what they do on the ground. Like Emmanuel Michaels, like he's a revelation. Like he's only getting four four point four yards a carry, but he has eight touchdowns, four hundred yards. The passing game, they're passing more than I thought, uh, slightly more because we're what are they played? Are they six games in? Five games in? So they're completing, I don't know, three passes a game. I don't know, is that more than normal than what we typically see? But. Jared, I mean, they're averaging they're averaging thirty yards of completion. I didn't. I just I knew Jared Rosnos was having a good year. I did not realize how good. Six catches, two hundred and forty five yards. That's forty yards a catch. Forty yards a catch. That is unbelievable. I I just wondering with playing this defense, which is really good. What is Air Force going to do against the Wyoming defense? Throw the ball. They're going to, they're going to throw what? What? The well, Lair's going to go 7 of 10 in this game, is that what you're telling me? Probably. <laughs> like, I, I, wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets the triple, if he gets the double-digit pass. Because like, you know, like, all, all teams do is prepare for the run. And, you know, Air Force is finally coming up against their, their first real test. You know, they might just pull something out, especially at home. 
I could see a touch more, but why go? I don't think they're going to go away from what they do best. There's no reason to, which we know they're not. Like you're not suggesting they're he's going to go eight throw throw the ball twenty times. No, that, but I, I don't. Ten's I think a lot. The most I've ever seen Air Force throw the ball is maybe fifteen. Because <laughs> right now, Wyoming's rush defense, it's not. It's a good, but it's great, but it's not like elite. It's their touchdown off is very good. Only giving up three. They're just over four to carry, which is basically what Utah State and Boise State do. It's worse than Colorado State has a better rush per play defensive output. To be fair, CSU has played a ton of spread teams. I know. I'm just saying, hey, hey, take it where you can get it, man. <laughs> I know. I know. So we we kind of figure what we know what they're going to do defensively. They're going to offensively. They're going to run the ball. They're going to get yardage. Your projections will throw a little bit more, which could be sneaky. Is there is there even a trophy in this game? I should know this. I don't think so. I think to... the only trophy Air Force has besides the Commander in Chief Cyhawk is or not the Ram Falcon. Trophy. Ram Falcon, sorry, not Cyhawk. I don't know why I got that mixed up. Yeah, Ram Falcon. Cyhawk's Iowa State. It's weird. It's weird I brought that up. I'm not sure why I mixed those up. I could <laughs> the Hawk and Falcon. I don't know. They're similar, right, Burns? <laughs> Yeah, they're birds. There you go. I, for some reason, that's the first thing that popped up. I don't know why. That's very embarrassing on my part. So what's all, what's Wyoming going to do offensively? Andrew Peasley is not a good quarterback, which we've known. We've all, we make the joke every spring, Josh. Oh, Craig Bull announces we're going to throw the ball a bit more. Liar. He's a complete liar on that. He never does that. Well, I mean, he did okay against Fresno. Like that, like, mm-hmm. that was all we need Wyoming to have. We, we need them to have an okay quarterback. And they would be unstoppable. It's like when I see San Diego State when they had like Donald Pumphrey and everything, and like if they had guys slight, just a little bit better than Christian Chapman, they would have been like the best team in college football. Like they'd be top ten team easy if they had a quarterback who was slightly above average. But yeah, you're right. Last week he was. They let him let him throw almost thirty times and three touchdown passes. They got it done early in that in that second quarter. They but what they're going to hear is Harrison Whaley to do well. Um, he's the only guy running the ball. Jamal, Jamari Farrell's not doing a ton. Andrew Peasley will get, what, four to seven runs a game possibly. Yeah. I just wonder how this um, – it is weird. that it, I, I, just, I watched it last week. I'm like, it is so weird. Why am I going to shut out the second half and they won? All it was in the second quarter because on their like output versus Fresno, it wasn't great. They like they didn't outgain. They were basically even in yardage. Like they had fewer, fewer penalties helps, but like their per play was basically even with Fresno. It's like they weren't three hundred thirty yards in the game is not a lot, and I think Peasley doesn't necessarily need to do what he did against Fresno, but I think they gotta keep a bit honest because this Falcons defense they make some plays. Like they have this is a team where it's like oh it's always the offense or defense. Gotta look out for for what for what we what they could do, and I know their schedule been soft, so it's like, well, how good are they when they're playing San Jose State? But twenty points, ten points, three points, seven points, twenty—that's pretty good. Yeah. Like their defense can clamp down when needed. If you give them a lead, they could be more aggressive. They could go after the quarterback. They could blitz if they're. I don't think this game's gonna be a blowout by any stretch, but Wyoming's gonna have to work for it to get the ball in the end zone or field goal, whatever points they can take. And yeah. I, I... I know why. I know Wyoming fans say they always they they want to go for touchdowns. They don't want to settle for field goals. Well, no, every team wants that, buddy. You're not alone, Wyoming fans. Come on. 
<laughs> but like, New like, Slash? Force, you kind of have to take what they give you. Oh, yeah. I, you're right. I would take any points you can get. But also, you got to be a little bit aggressive because you can't have a three to six play drive and give it up after a 10 play drive, 13 play drive that takes six plus minutes. You just kind of screw over your defense like that. So if it's don't pull a Jimbo Fisher where you're fourth and one on the opponent's 45, and he's like, well, if I had another foot, we'd have gone for it. No, <laughs> go for it, dude. You're telling me that bit's going to make the difference versus an Alabama defense that's not what it typically is? You can't trust your quarterback to get one yard? They need, uh, well, I, uh, Just be a little bit aggressive. That's why I think because those short short turnovers or short um, – not turnovers, but short – possessions can't have it if it goes back to back and you get two possessions and air force has the ball for 18 minutes you have it for 90 seconds well and i think you know when you, that stat always gets brought up brought up that you know bowl has a decent record against air force and i think it's because he plays that ball control game he plays it similar to air force you know they're, they're yeah. gonna try and they, they they aren't the fastest team that run to run plays so they're like I think his this offense is tailor made to combat Air Force's strategy of, you know, I'm going to keep the ball, you stop me. Yeah, that's they. That's what they want to do. They want to hold the ball, run the ball, and keep their defense fresh. That's why I do think they got to be. They could do that, but I still think they got to be a little aggressive so they can't get that turned against them. Yeah. So, what do you think is going to happen? Like, what's your kind of gut feeling or projection on this one? Um, I'm going to say Air Force 21 to 17. 21 17. That would take the under. It's 41 and a half. I don't, yeah, I did 10 points is like, I don't get it. I know Air Force is blowing people out, but Wyoming, I'm going to double check it before I open my mouth and say something stupid again. <laughs> Let me pull up their game by game real quick. Yeah. Uh, okay, Texas was an anomaly because it was 10 10 to fourth quarter. They don't, they're not getting blown out, is what I want to say. And that's yeah. true. Like they, the Texas game was close until the fourth quarter, and it's Texas is a really good team. So I'm in near range. I'm leaning Air Force. I think I'm trying to touch it. What'd you say again? 27 10, 27 14, 21 17. I'm gonna go see. I want to get them close to 30, but I think that's too much. I'm gonna, I don't, that's yeah, I don't, I don't think, think we're touching 30 at all. Nah, I think this is the legit first to 20, 20 to 16 Air Force. Is Air Force going to be ranked if they win this game? I mean, if, if they're not, something's wrong. <laughs> okay, there we go. All right, Boise State, Colorado State. 7.45 local time. Weird kick time. Take F- the over. FS1. Okay, we'll get there. All right, first off, are you attending this game? Yes. Good call. What's the weather going to be like? It looks like it's going to be pretty mild on Saturday night. It's probably going to be low 50s, high 40s. Not bad. Yeah. So Boise's favored by 7.5. So the, you, you say hit the over hard. 16 and a half is the yeah. over. What's your reasoning before we get to the game? Why the over so quickly? Boise State gives up 300 yards passing. And Colorado State has the – hold on. I just had it. I don't know why I closed the top. Um, the fourth best passing offense in, in the country. Okay. And then there's CSU's defense, which is Swiss cheese. Oh my goodness! Uh, it, it's gonna be a shootout. Like defense is not happening this game. If if defense, if either defense steps up, it will be a surprise. Because because like CSU's defense is a complete anomaly. They um, 
Muhammad Kamara leads the nation in sacks with nine and a half. CSU's like CSU makes plays, but they can't string them together on defense. Mm-hmm. So I don't I I then like there is some good news at least for CSU fans. Um, Kamara is gonna go. Uh, That's good then, to know. You know, Tory Horton's a game time decision, so that that could influence things. You know, it's because I th- I think that hurt. Uh, Nicolosi against Utah State, you know, he had he lost his his outlet. You know, Tory Horton was was that outlet that he just throw it up to, and then I I think it just you know once he went out with I, I want to say a concussion or something, um, he, I guess I think everyone just went down. You know, everyone started dropping balls. Everyone just wasn't keeping up, and if if Horton can't go, it's definitely going to be a different game. But if Horton can go. I'm saying this game touches 70, maybe 80 points. Total. Is this the is this the year Rams could get the win though? We can wait. We'll, we'll talk more about the game. I, I, I wanted to hear your first out like, oh, so you're conflicted. That's good. It's better than no chance because, like I said, Boise seems not very good. Before last week's game, I would have said yes. I would have just, like, as soon as you started to ask the question, I would have said yes. But because of last week's game, I'm going to put it 50-50. Okay. So, Boise State, like, they're... <laughs> I mean, CS, like, we'll see what CSU's run defense can actually do because it's not as good as people think it is. Yeah. And if Ashton Genty just takes the ball the whole game, we could the Rams could be in for a long day. I do think, yeah, I think that's the way they're going to win because Ashley Genty is the best running back in the conference. Outside of, honestly, Torrey Horton, he's probably, they're the best two offensive players in the conference, I would say, non-quarterbacks, yeah. even including quarterbacks, possibly. I guess maybe you got to include Air Force's running backs. But these guys are really good. Like he, They're really good. So if Horton can't play, it's unfortunate because I want to see him play as much as possible because he's so good. Boise being favored by a touch on the road, even though it is CSU, it's – they're still kind of trying to figure things out with Jay Norvell to a degree. They still have Dallin Holker, who's legit going to be probably talked about, should be newcomer of the year for how well he's been playing tight end for the Rams. Uh, he has to hold on to the ball. Yeah, no, can't can get fumble versus Colorado, got knocked from behind. And did you see what oh, – I forget who it was. The guy – I don't really want to give the guy's name credit. He's just complaining about Boise State – being pissy towards Boise State fans who, who are complaining about Andy Avalos and staff. It's like, dude, get over yourself. This team, it's not Chris Peterson anymore, man. The team, there's, there's a lot of fans who don't like Avalos. Um, I, I know a couple of people who don't. It's just he, and I think a lot of it, I, I, I will say I have one guy I know who roots for Boise State who doesn't like, who doesn't think Taylor Green is that good of a quarterback. He, Taylor Green is a great athlete. He's not that good of a quarterback because he can't make reads, or like some reads he just doesn't make. Like there was um, there's a throw against San Jose State that Maddox Mason made that I think ended up going for like 80 yards or 75, 80 yards or something. And I like I was watching the game with him and I we both looked at each other and were like Taylor Green wouldn't have made that throw. Yeah, it's 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 still mind-boggling. Remember in the preseason, like, oh, he's the best quarterback in the conference, the best guy in the group of five. Where he'll be shoot up this. I'm like, 
I want to see it. And I was hesitant. I was saying, I, I with you, like, there's potential there, possibly. Like, his yeah. athleticism is really good. And I figured, oh, I'll give him full offseason, not just jump in there after replacing uh, Hank Bachmeyer. So, like, give it a minute. He still could be really good next year, possibly. And maybe even later on this year, he figures it out. But I don't know where all the people were saying, oh, he's just going to come into this. It's like at University of Utah. A million injuries, they bring in this guy, Nate Johnson, very similar type of style of player. He's the ball. I don't talk bad about him. But like he's talk, throwing off passes versus Oregon State, low passes, hitting the ground, just not super catchable passes, basically not helping your wide receiver out. And like he could be good in the year or two, but he's turned into a weird situation where he has to play. And him and Taylor Green seem kind of similar. But for all the hype, like, oh, he can do this, he can do that, I'm like, maybe, but give me a second to see when a guy comes in for half a season, three quarters of a season. I'm like, anoint him great. And I'm not to say I'm proven right because I don't want to see a guy fail, but I figured I want to see what he can do before I'm going to say he's the best quarterback beyond the Mountain West. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's looking at just looking at his stats, he's throwing, he's completing 9% less passes. His average is about the same. And he's almost thrown as many interceptions this year as he did last year. I, and his rating is 20, 20 points lower. I like it's like I said, he's a great athlete. You know, he's that dual threat quarterback who who will give you runs on the ground. But he's not the player to lead this offense. I I truly think they, and I thought they should have done it against San Jose State and pull pull a CSU and you know give the freshman the game. Like, give him a week to practice and then just throw him. Let him sink or swim. So it's interesting. We need something Mike Prater wrote, kind of skimming over this. Because remember, like, I was – computers ago, like, the Montel Cozart thing and Brett Rippin. I'm like, just don't do it because it's – these two quarterbacks, it's not as obvious of who's running the passing. I know Green might run a bit more, but I don't think it's as obvious as when Cozart – I'll still never forgive them losing to Washington State, bringing Cozart in. Remember that a couple years ago? Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, No. And he, so there, it sounds like they're sticking to this from what Coach Alvarez is saying. He's been studying two quarterback systems, including Rippin, Rippin and Cozart, as a starting point. This seems seems like he never no, worked in history. It's not. It's very difficult. It's it's very hard to be. The only time I would say the only time it worked well, and this isn't even a legit two quarterback system, is when Urban Meyer at Florida had Chris Leak and Tim Tebow. But Tim Tebow came in for like eight plays a game. That first year, yeah, he wasn't but, pl- wasn't taking forty percent of forty to sixty percent of the snaps of Chris Leak, but Tebow could throw the ball somewhat in college, <laughs> but not I, that I, year. I, I said in college, <laughs> and I lied. I, I know in college, but that first year when he was with Chris Leak, he was just running the ball essentially. He wasn't necessarily yeah, also that. That's the other thing. I mean, so Taylor Green is six six two twenty. Who's Tim Tebow? Not quite that big, but similar. He was 6'3", 255. Okay, okay. So 30 pounds heavier. But, well, this, yeah. But point being, he wasn't playing 54. They weren't splitting reps as much. Yeah, yeah. So, like... I, I, I do think that Boise needs to give Maddox Mason a full game. Just let him run the offense. He's almost... I, like, I, I realize he's a short quarterback. He's listed at 5'10". He is listed at 5'10". 5'8 and a quarter. But, he he knows the he, he I've heard I, and I may be talking out the side of my mouth here, but I've heard people compare him to Brett, just the way he he looks like he's thinking about the game 
in trying to make the right reads. He's trying to make the throws. He, we've seen him have somewhat of an arm. What I like, I just, I think in, in order for Boise to, you know, get to that next step, I think they need to give him a full game. This is, uh, I, I agree. But here's the funny thing. I'm still reading this piece. Like this is, it's such Homer stuff. I'm like, whatever, it's fine. So the thought that it's too, I'm going to kind of read here. Well, I won't read directly. What's the point of that? But basically it's bad. Like we're talking about, it's not the norm. It can work at times. And here's the sentence that means why it's going to work. This plan, the plan was insane because a two QB system typically leads to more insanity. The plan worked. Hyphen because San Jose State is not a good football team, <laughs> <laughs> and then also because those two guys appear to be okay with the new offense that Hampton and Avils put together. So, like that right there seems like they're going to stick with these two guys, Green and Matson, all year. You beat San Jose State, who's freaking one in five. You win by eight points. You were down seventeen zero. Like that's a good comeback and it's a solid win. They had they scored every touchdown in the red zone last week. Um they rushed their their offense was was good. There's no denying the offense played well last week for San Jose State. However, I can I can compare it to this. We've seen this a lot, Josh, where it's not the same, but when I saw UNLV last year when they had all these injuries at quarterback, they brought in Justin Rogers, uh, Doug Brumfield played, whoever guys they played. They, they come in for mid-game, play amazing. The next week, they crap the bed because teams can prepare for them now a little bit more. Now that teams have seen this, it worked because it, was, it wasn't necessarily a surprise that Boise State was doing this, but the implement, implementation and what's being shown from play-to-play play and series-to-series series is out there now. So I could see a step back Against Colorado State, possibly. I mean, I just, I, I'm going to keep harping on it just because. Do, do I mean, it. Maddox Mason is completing 65% of his passes. He's averaging 10 yards a pass and he's thrown five touchdowns to one interception. In what, game and a half? I mean, he's thrown passes in actually all of their games. Okay, I was trying to think how much he played. He threw, he's thrown he's thrown eight touchdown pass in each of the last four Boise games. So I mean, and he's thrown as many touchdown passes this year as Taylor Green has. Yeah, and he, he just he seems to have a better grasp of the offense, or at least runs smoother when he's in the game. Because I I I'm hesitant to say it, but I I truly think Taylor Green is a run first quarterback. Yeah, he uses like. his arm. To, he uses his arm to keep defenses honest, but he would rather run the ball. And that's not a bad thing, but he's got to learn to be like Russell Wilson NFL. Be like, oh, he's running quarterback. Well, not really. He will run side to side to make a play. Mm-hmm. Like he will scramble, sidestep to make a play, and then maybe run it. Where he and that's what Josh Allen learned as well. The first couple of years, you can't just run, but you got to be selective and maybe. Go side to side so you can throw the ball still, not just, oh, crap, nobody's open after my first or maybe the second read and go. That's something where the athleticism can be helpful for a quarterback where you just take more time, you run out of the pocket, where you have that threat of, okay, maybe I can run or pass when you're outside the pocket because something breaks down or whatever reason. But I think if they do this, maybe do Maddox like 70-30 the way he's been playing so far. Yeah, yeah. Like if, if they're gonna if they're gonna do the court, the two quarterback split, 
then Maddox has to be the main quarterback and Talon has to be the and they, to be the special attraction. And they have to call throwing plays for Green as well. Yeah. Because I saw who what game was it? I don't remember you see it all you see it all the time. Let's bring in this guy, this right receiver, running back. Set second and goal at the three. What's the play? Freaking quarterback, a, a QB draw. Or, you know what I mean? It's like, it's the most obvious play in the book. I'm like, what coaches are stupid. Like, what are you doing there? I think, I do think Boise State ultimately wins. I think Ashton Gentry will be the reason why they win. Not because of what the quarterbacks do. Unless Madsen plays more and has fewer mistakes, which he's shown to not have many mistakes all year. He's been sacked only four times. Um, but I, 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 the point thing, I don't know if I go over, but I could see, I'm going to go, I think, hmm, I think it's going to be a little closer than people think. I think Rams probably should cover. I think I'm going to go 35-30. That is the over. But I, I think Rams will hang around and keep it. That's if Torrey Horton plays. If he doesn't play, I could see it being a 10-point win. But, I, I'm going to go 35-30 Boise State. I'll say 42-38. Boise State still? Yeah. Just making sure. Got to clarify. <laughs> I, I will add an addendum to this that I picked CSU in our picks just because I'm a CSU homer. Why not? Admit that right now. Why not? It's getting close. Like, it's, it should be a fun game. Yeah. Final game of the weekend. San Diego State at Hawaii. A rare CBS Sports Network game at Hawaii. Aztecs, five and a half point favorite. On the road. Two and four versus two, two and four. Hawaii's favorite, according to ESPN. Like, the ESPN FBI stuff. Oh, it does? Hawaii's Ooh. favorite. An FBI it is? Ooh, interesting. Or ESPN analytics, whatever. It's 54 to 46. Let me pull it up here. Yeah, they do. The FBI, interesting. Is that change your pick, pick at all for this game? Well, I picked Hawaii to win. Yo, you do? Interesting. Why, why, why is that? Why do you think Hawaii could get it done? I don't think San Diego State's that good of a team. Well, clearly. Like, they, they still have, have this aura around them, but they're not that good of a team. They barely beat Idaho State. They should have lost to um, Ohio. They got crushed by Air Force. I I, I mean, they and then they, they lost a, almost a heartbreaker to Boise State. I, I called a heartbreaker. But it was like, they just, they haven't shown anything on offense. We thought, you know, uh, Jalen Maiden was going to be an answer, and he he's helped somewhat. But the, the defense has taken a major step back for them. Like, it's just not good. Yeah, they're not good. It's true. I agree with that because we've seen it's deteriorated the past couple of years a little bit. It's still fine. Like, I don't think it's a really bad defense, but it's nowhere near what they've been past couple of years or past decade. And if you don't have – like I said before, I probably said with you. I agree with the quarterback situation. I thought Jalen Maiden would take a step forward, especially with Ryan Lindley being the, uh, Q, the coordinator from QB Coach. They don't have a, a running game. Their defense is just oh good but not great. That combination means it's a bad football team because their offense stinks. But so does Hawaii, man. What does Hawaii show you that they're going to win? They have no running game to save their life. Braden Shager, Shager could like intercept the ball quite a bit. Like his... He's not great passing the ball, honestly. They're, they can't make some plays defensively. But So if we're going to say this, what's like the biggest – if we look at one position group, Josh, what would you say? Like, okay, this is where either team has like their edges here.
Is it maybe quarterback for Hawaii? Shager has 14 TDs but seven picks. Yeah, but he's also like hold on, let me pull up the stats real quick. He has he's completing 64% of his passes, not seven bad. yards a pass. That's not great. Though. Two to two to one touchdowns, interceptions, 134 rating. Sacked 25 I mean, times. <laughs> I mean that like that's just offensive line. How many hold on? I don't know. How many sacks does San Jose San Diego State have? They do have Steve McBride, who's good catch the ball. They also have uh, Pofoel Ashlock, who's doing quite well. But... I mean, San Diego State only has eight stacks on the air. Oh, I don't. I, I'll get eight. If, you, if you're making me, if you're making me pick a position group, it's San Diego State's DBs. That they're that good. Where was there? Like the edge? I didn't. Think... San Diego State has eight interceptions. Okay. All right. To be, but they've also given up ten touchdowns. Hmm. See, that's an interesting thing because Shager could the seven picks is about one a game, which is not good. Obviously, one a game. Well, actually, actually, I will add to this: San Diego State is leading the conference in completion percentage given up. They're see? only giving up fifty three percent. Okay, I can see that. I would. I think that that'll be the I, this. Okay, this is probably the best matchup to watch if Shager can break through, and either. But it's just whatever, don't turn the ball over. Either position group, like, oh, get the interception or just keep the complete. Because he gives up or he completes 64%. And it's only 6.8 yards per attempt, so it's not like he's going downfield with his offense. Which there are – oh, man, I don't know. This game's just going to be ugly, I think. I mean, San Diego State is giving up 60 more yards a game on defense. Okay. Their average – their offense is averaging less than Hawaii's. I – not I shocking. think this is one of those cases where you know the books and the the stats are mashing or meshing. Excuse me. I mean, I I'm taking Hawaii to cover and win outright. I I think it'll I think it'll be under the 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 total is a little high at fifty three and a half. Oh I think yeah. Be, I think it'll be something like twenty seven twenty one. It, it may get close to that line. That seems too bad. That, over. that seems too much to me as well. Twenty seven twenty one. Well, I mean, I mean, Hawaii put 20 points on UNLV. They beat New Mexico State 20, uh, 31 against Albany, 24 against Stanford. They took Vanderbilt to the wire. I, the, the reason I'm saying under is because of San Diego State. I mean, they no, put no. 10 against Air Force. I got the under. 9 against Oregon State, 10 against UCLA. It's just, it's not. You could. It's put... going to be an ugly game, but it's a Hawaii Tisk game. So. You could tell, but you could put this line at 40 and probably take the under. I mean, I could see it, but I'd take the over. Yeah, so 53 and a half. I think if if we're talking a couple of things like bowl situation, San Diego State has to win. Hawaii, I don't think they're going to bowl game regardless. I just, neither team is good. Like, I like Shager, I like what we could do, but they can't run the ball at all. If they're forced to throw, that could be... Boom or bust from what we what you just discussed. What San Diego State's defensive backs do or defense in general for against the pass. Mm. I don't know, man. Like I, I think I don't remember what I have my picks. I need to look and see. I'll do that later. I won't do it right now to pull up my doc. But this game just it feels like just ugh, not great. Hmm. What's your? It's gonna be an ugly. It's gonna be an ugly game. That's all that matters. How much do you account for home games here for the home situation? Three points. No, no, no. We tie Hawaii. I'm, I'm doing the Vegas stand. No, like in Hawaii. Like you go to Hawaii. I'm not saying the point situation. But like kind of like 
travel. Like what? There's some advantage yeah. to not having to go that far and being at home compared well, it, to it traveling. Also depend, it also depends on you know preparation. You know, all right, when is San Diego State practicing? Are they practicing late? Are they practicing at their normal time? Are they leaving early to get you know get a couple days before? Are they leaving, you know, 24, 48 hours beforehand and getting, like, no rest, dealing with a little jet lag? It's all situation dependent. So I was going to talk to a buddy to put something on this game. I'm like, I'm staying away from this game. But now I might reconsider. I just don't have a good – what would you do? I'd probably take the under. Take the under. I could see that. I just – I'm trying to think who has like I'm trying to take away history out of it with San Diego State because obviously they've been the better team for a long time. I'm still leaning towards San Diego State to win, but I don't have a good reason why. Can you give me a good reason why San Diego State should win this game? Why San Diego State shouldn't win? No, should. Why will they win? Is their secondary? They'll just stop this run and shoot offense. I don't have a good reason besides maybe that. That's the only reason I can give you because they aren't <laughs> anything else. I mean, like just looking at that defense. Um, I mean, they they have Kadarius Barfield with three interceptions, Noah Tumblin with two interceptions, um, New Zealand Williams best name in the conference uh, with one. Sorry, second best name in the conference. After Buck Cores, um, <laughs> oh, can't forget that man. What are you doing? I mean, they they have the they have, they have a a good excuse me. New Zealand is a linebacker, like but they have good pass coverage. So like I don't. If somehow Hawaii can beat that, I th- I think Hawaii will be will almost run away with this game. I'm gonna. I mean, I may change my pick on our dog that posted. I'm going Hawaii to win. The only way they don't win is if Schrager just has like two picks. If he has one or fewer picks, they're going to win. So I'm going to go Hawaii. It's going to be like the Boise State game. I'm going Hawaii 20, Hawaii 21, San Diego State 13. I'll stick with 27-21 Hawaii. All right, then. Anything, anything else to add for the week? We went through all our games. Our picks are probably going to be wrong because that's how it works usually, right? <laughs> Yeah, no, that's how it usually works for my article, too. It's okay. It's just bit the opposite of what Josh says, right? <laughs> Is that what we do? Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. MWR.com. We'll have most of our, more of our previews up Wednesday. I guess it's Wednesday night now as we we're recording. Thursday, a lot of stuff's going up. Just check all that stuff out. Check out the midseason grades versus expectations. Our buddy Matt put out there. And we'll be back next time to go over this slate of games. But if we had one game to pick, you're going to be at the game. I'll watch. I'll take care of business and watch some other ones, and we'll figure things out. But Wyoming Air Force, huge game. Fresno, Utah State will be quite interesting. So it should be another great week, and we'll see you next time, everybody.